Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. It is show number 151. Can you believe I memorized that? And it's the middle of December. Oh my gosh, which is so crazy. And you know what else I was thinking is crazy? Is that it has been almost four years since COVID. How crazy is that? Since the beginning, as Kip reminded me. <laughs> since the beginning Val good morning uh, let's see if Michael's here he probably is yep Katie hello Jody hello Michael Sparling let's add him I have so many this morning and I need to um. I'll be going to work soon Good morning. Am I sideways? Nope. Hold on. I'm sideways for me. Oh. <laughs> no, you are not sideways. Okay. Um, I look like this. You guys, what is going on this morning? Hold on. I need to. Well, I'll just be sideways for me. Am I sideways for everybody else? No. Anybody else? Not you? Okay. Not me. Well, I, don't even know. I don't even know where to put my camera then because I... You look I fine. Like, oh, that's got to be annoying for you though. Do you want to pop out and I'll try you again? Whatever. I can handle it. You can. <laughs> okay. Do you want to try again? <laughs> don't do that. No. Here. You want to try again, Michael? Sure. Okay. Uh, change to viewer. What the heck? Maybe I don't know how to do it. Oh, here we go. All right. Let's add Michael again. Gene, Corey, good morning. Let's see. Let's just try just because it's got to be annoying for him. Okay. So, Corey, before you go to work, I want to answer your question at Horsemanship Insider because um, I did not type it out. Um, Let's see. So she has two questions regarding the Noah's Arcs video, which is a trotting warm up with Novella. And I don't know why Michael's not adding here. Let's try him again. Here, we're going to add. Oh, did I hit the wrong button? Jean, I might have added you instead. Sorry. Okay, let's let's add Michael. So she has two questions. Did Michael do his homework? <laughs> Look at my face. Look at this. Michael, guess what this is from? I don't know horses. Chicken yeah, par partially horses. Yes, because I've just I I'm just like screw it. I'm gonna be kissing everybody. But the new dog, right? I love her. Oh. So I'm like, <laughs> and she just like, no, 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 no. Just dirt. It just gets in my face. And then if I wash my face more often during the day, it's better. But she just went to the groomer yesterday, and I don't think she'd ever been day before yesterday. So anyway, I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Wendy, good morning. I'm, I'm still sideways and I don't care. Whatever. Okay, Sandy, good morning. Angel, good morning. There's a few other people that I'm not getting. Okay, so can we get to Corey's question really quick? Michael? Absolutely. Okay, so on the Noah's Ark's warm-up, she said, can you say a little bit more about why it's a sitting trot at this point versus posting? And is there one you desire more than the other? So let's let's get to that one first. So to me... And I would love to hear what you think, Michael. But 
to my way of thinking about it, there's not really, basically you should sit when you can sit, Corey. So when you can sit your horse, because the deal is that a sitting trot or a rising trot is made by your horse. And what that means as the rider is when you can sit, just sit and follow your horse's back. And when the back is so bouncy for either the trot is way bigger than you're used to riding or more often than not, the hind legs are not tucked under as much as, you know, they will be, then it should be a rising trot. So you shouldn't force either one is the point. And this is where I always notice someone is pro or not pro if they are forcing themselves to rise or they're forcing themselves to sit. And it's really something I want all you guys, you know, that ride with me to understand because it, it's, I'll just, I'm not going to say it's so amateur, but it's so pro <laughs> to, to not force either one because I think maybe sometimes growing up in Pony Club or depending on who we're listening to, uh, Pony Club was amazing and so was 4-H. But I think sometimes we're used to like an open show where, where rising trot or, or go sitting or whatever. It's like, yeah, you can make either one of those happen supposedly, but really it's a little bit like the functionality is sit when you can sit, rise when you can rise. The additional thing, though, is when you're getting your horse in front of your leg, there is a moment where that should only be when you're sitting. So a lot of times, even if I have a horse that's a bit hollow and I need to send them forward, then it's going to be a sitting trot for a few, you know, I'm going to sit to send the horse in front of me. And then probably I would be rising the trot, most likely. Uh, but even if you're sit, uh, rising the trot, then you should send your horse forward when you're sitting. So when I say that Novella's trot is a sitting trot at this point, what I mean is she's engaged enough to do that. And for those of you guys that haven't ridden big, big horses with big, big, huge trots, I'll say that those horse, those big trots are quite doable to sit if they're engaged in going round, Michael, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and, now. And you do have to decidedly turn loose to that. You know, it's very, very different from, oh, I can sit a quarter horse trot and like have my seat and my pelvis loose. And then you're just suddenly like, I'm gonna now ride this big warm blood and you're trying to sit it thinking it's going to be like the quarter horse. I mean, it's just, you have to expect more movement and um, ground yourself more, not necessarily to the ground, but um, I don't know, ground isn't the right word. It's just well, very different. If you're, you know, a lot of times someone's learning to ride and we're, we're, you know, talking about moving beyond like getting more precise and not just learning to ride, but when you're, first learning to post you're like okay here's the rate at which i post and it has nothing to do with the horse right or here's how i sit and it's a little bit forcing yourself into the seat rather than loosening up so you can go with the horse but even then you can kind of get to well this is what it feels like when i sit because that's what i'm used to 
right? Or that's what I, I think sitting is, is this kind of holding myself there and my horse pretty consistently moves this way, right? So maybe now you're pretty comfortable rising the trot, adjusting to your horse, sitting the trot, adjusting to different movements, whatever, but then you switch breeds or you switch from, you know, a little bit more flat quarter horse trot to this really, and I mean, watch the videos that you shared with me on Instagram a while back. I don't know how long ago it was of the, the canter pirouette and the other one of the horse just thundering into the arena and just super elevated. I mean, you watch particularly ah. that one, the rider sitting the trot, there is a huge amount of movement to that horse and, you know, just effortlessly having done it for years, he sits that trot, but it's very different what you will need to allow your body to do. Anyway, that was a lot of words to say something fairly simple, but. Well, yeah, the, I wonder, so why can I not do this? This is annoying. Um, I was going to put that video up. I can do it uh, probably in just a second. Yeah, for sure, Michael. A and the other, the other caveat to be fair is to maintain a sitting trot that is very, um, engaged and is is not a jog trot mm -hmm. you do have to have some abdominal um endurance mm -hmm. so there's that <laughs> now corey is super fit so i'm not even gonna and she's on a cord horse but the thing is her horse has changed the way she goes so much that she has a big trot but you know you guys if you look on my personal page so on emma daily con i just put a video of jacks um on there that's like old it's like a 2006 eight years old or something and uh but he was the little rainer pleasure horse thing that michael knows all about um and the way that he was moving in that video is it's so extraordinary just because he had to really completely change the way he moved. And that was such a big revelation to me because I could only uh, give him ideas. I could not make that happen. But my point is when I started with him, there was no way I was going to be able to sit a trot that covered that much ground on that horse, a quarter horse, you know, you could, you could sit his little weird rain, rain lame, you know, small trot, but for him to be able to trot big like that, um, and be so comfortable, that's the way that they're going. Now, riding his trot compared to riding, let's say Davina's big trot consistently, or even I had a week, to, well, I had a couple weeks off riding, maybe let's say in terms of like, you know, very athletic riding recently. And then last week I got back to riding for real. And at the end of the day, I'm like, okay guys, that's it for me because <laughs> I had no abs left, you know, and there was nothing I could do about it. But, but that's exactly the point, Corey, is then I'm not gonna force my horse to do a rising trot and rush out the front of the rectangle after I've put her back on her hindquarters and she's so comfy to sit there. And it's up to me, you know, then it's like, well, we got to do walk things for a while. This, and then take my BCAAs afterwards.
you know. So, uh, is there anything else on that, Michael? No. I wonder if I can put this. I'm just going to be where. Okay, so she then had another question. Um, what determines your length of rain at this point when you warm up? So the length of rain, once again, is going to be determined by how short a rectangle she's offering in that warm-up. So um, really, um, and you probably figured this out from last week's show, but I'm looking for her natural balance and the natural length of the rectangle and her warm-up. And so like we said last week, that has a lot to do with where she can maintain gait, where she can maintain um, horizontal balance, a longitudinal balance across the ground, where she can kind of make changes of direction. So her comfy trot for that day is where I'm going to start uh, when I pick up the reins and just touch the front of the rectangle. Does that answer your question, Corey? Hopefully, yes. And let me see, you guys, if I can add this video. Hopefully, can hopefully you, it's in here. Can you watch it while watching the show, or do you got to pop away to watch it? Well, they, yeah, pop they away. might have I'll to watch it later. Yeah, they might have to watch it later. And oh, here it is, though. But it's only like four seconds long, so you guys yeah. could, could pop but over. But I mean. Holy cow, you can definitely see the movement. Required. Well, yeah, the thing that I love about that video is easier when it's on loop. I should have maybe made a loop out of it, but who knows? You could criticize probably whatever you want in that, in that video. However, I love how the horse is from the back to the front with nothing blocking him and big 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 so Corey this is what I want you to have in mind when you're riding Whitney and then I say big big trot now she's not gonna have a truck like but you can and that's what you have that's what we can have in mind that is adjusted for the horse's natural oh I know what else I wanted to show you guys maybe this is in here as well why doesn't it let, let me do photo comments? That's, oh, okay, here we go. Does it let me do it? Yeah. Um, where is my picture? I took a picture of Remy, you guys, for you to see. Oh, yeah, his natural balance or his natural tail set here. Come on. There we go. All right. So you guys can see Remy's natural tail set and how muddy my property is right now. <laughs> so that's... That is what I had for you, Corey. Um, I'm gonna check comments in just a second if you have a follow-up question or if any of you guys have a follow-up question. But the biggest thing, just think about it, the sitting trot or the rising trot is not really the way to say it. Sit the trot or rise the trot is the way to say it. And that should be determined by the way the horse is going across the ground. When you say you're asking more from the hindquarters, when you're bringing the hindquarters underneath, you're sitting the trot, and is that your abs in your seat ushering the hind end forward? If it works. Yeah. 
it might it might be and, that you and you do that pretty well exclusively sitting whatever you've got yeah because you cannot do it from a from the rising position um really at all even if you watch the jumpers they're gonna sit and send their horse forward to you know to some watch watch Aaron Vale let's say you know and and you'll kind of see that because it because the angle isn't right to send your horse forward and through you can teach them that of course what do you guys think about that trot boom 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 like it's so cool look look at that we'll see it again look at forward 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 and i love of course when he gives the hand there at that moment you're like mm-hmm forward in balance it's a beautiful thing lisa said must have a loose lower back to sit a big lofty trot even when the horse is well engaged yeah corey says thank you for the answers makes sense last week was super helpful and thank you corey for your sweet messages sometimes i just cannot get to them um when i'm driving so I, I agree with Lisa. And to me, Lisa, the, you're right. If you have a sore back, like if it's your time of the month, let's say, then and sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it or if you, you're stiff or whatever the deal is, then do, do what you can do, you know? But yeah, your, your core has to be working. And I would say for me, the uh, my hammies are a huge part of that. So to make sure you do some deadlifts or at least some you know, toe to standing up or touch your toes, stand up. So your hammies stay, um, strong. Um, or you could ride in two point and really suffer. <laughs> or you could just get some free weights and do some 10 pound, uh, deadlifts. <laughs> so, uh, that's all I had on my mind for the top of the show. I wanted to get to Corey before she goes to work. The other thing, Michael, I would just say, I would put my finger on why it's still bugs me a bit when people copy the horsemanship challenge, which by the way, the official Northwood Farms horsemanship 12 week challenge is coming up. Um, we're going to start it on New Year's Eve this year because we didn't want to be a whole week behind. So the gateway is going to open on the 28th and I'll probably get that set up so everybody can just start lining up at the gate. Um, it's coming up so soon. But here's the thing that I was, because people are copying it so bad, you guys, which is fine in the sense that I love that it was a good idea. It's mm -hmm. still weird to think like that this time of year, I remember exactly where I was when I made it up, you know? Um, and I love that it was a good idea and that people are copying it. But the only thing is, when they copy and paste my verbiage, it should be a compliment. And it is. It's just, I had to sacrifice so much. <laughs> Listen how whiny I am. Like the shit I had to give up to bring that idea to life and the amount of energy and time it took me, not just me, but Beth and Teresa and Haley and Rusty and all of it and Kip, you know, that, that really, really spent a lot of hours that we could have been doing other things. I feel like that doesn't get acknowledged when 
I just wish like Rachel McMillan is just straight up stealing it too, like almost copy and pasting my verbiage like exactly. So the RM horsemanship one, and she says, this has been going since 2020. And you're like, actually it was 2011. <laughs> I thought this up, you know? And I think that I just, it's just dumb. It's just so dumb because why do I care? But I just wish people would maybe just say, hey, you know, we're building on this idea versus like zero acknowledgement about what went in the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the sacrifice that went into creating it, that it just feels like being disrespected. That's all, which shouldn't be that big of a deal. Hello, who cares? But just being honest, it it does it just does rub me the wrong way because it's fine if you build on my idea like i take that as a compliment and i want as many people as possible to um get the benefit out of it it annoys me when people charge money for it because my idea was that it would never cost people money that's mm. annoying but whatever someone feels like they have to pay for it that's great um but I think it just rubs me the wrong way because instead of building on it, which would be way more beneficial, build on the idea, which I don't know what that would be exactly because I, I wanted it to be um, doable, like so doable without layers and layers of stuff on top of it. You know, my idea was that the, the challenge was simple, that we chose one horse and one horse only because it's so easy for people to get scattered and that there was no judgment and no unsolicited advice. Like that was my idea. So if there's a way to build on that, that's of value, do that. Don't just copy and paste what I wrote, you know, 13 years ago. Like, and, and then not say where it's from. That's my rant. Now to horsemanship. <laughs> Michael, what's on your mind this morning? Did you watch the novella videos? I was going to bug you. I did. Jean, uh, copyright is not a thing. Um, plus, I don't know. I think I felt kind of weird about that too, because I don't want to stop anybody from doing it. I just think it's so rude, especially when someone like Rachel has been following me the whole time. And so we know where she got it. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, that's that. The proper word is plagiarism. It is plagiarism if you copy and paste, <laughs> which is it's so weird to see that happening. Anyway. Yeah, I wonder if there's any legal I mean, copyright, yes, but I wonder if there's any legality to plagiarism outside of... Calling her out on the show straight up? <laughs> outside of, like, academic, you know, I don't know, acceptability. It's just so tacky, and they have to live with it. Scott DiPaolo did the same thing. Like, he took the idea and charged money for it. He's a local guy. My vet is like best friends with them, whatever. But it's like, and he didn't quite straight up copy paste. But what he did do is try to launch it like ahead of time. That, that, whatever. 
anyway, yeah, I don't think. I don't want to do on, that. On to other things. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're giving this way too much time. Agree. Agree. All right. Novella. Um, <laughs> what, what are you doing differently in, I think this is a regular question is what are you doing to shape up? Well, let's just say it this way. What's different in the way you're communicating in the warm up versus the creating the engagement in the bigger trot. You know, is it more, yeah. more encouragement from your seat? Is it longer stretching feeling in your body? Is there more outside rain setting the weight either to the outside if your horse isn't balanced or, you know, compressing the hind leg? Is it uh, pulsing? of sit and release in that outside hand. Um, you get what I'm saying? I do. Because so, I think I think that's the persistent question on Noah's arcs is what specifically is happening? What specifically are you, you doing in your body to use that to change things outside of what you always say and is absolutely the case is just letting the pattern you know affect the change but you can also make arcs and have it not affect a change a hundred percent and that's yeah. It. yeah for sure and partially that's just what's in your mind right what's in my mind like what because you can kind of sit up there and be and be peaceful like 100% peaceful me mentally emotionally and physically just following the natural balance which would be what I did in the warm-up and she was not the best example in some ways and she was a perfect example in other ways in that warm-up video because it happened so fast mm -hmm. um but like Debbie did it with Lexi, the, the saddlebred, I don't know, a month ago, and she talked a lot about how it took 40 minutes for, to, for the horse to just settle back in the rectangle. And so what, what I'm trying to do is find the natural balance of, of the horse in the warm-up. And then I would like more, um, more engagement is, is really the deal. So a, an up level of the trot to some degree. And so I go from being a hundred percent, just like, here's, here's the middle, just cruise. This is your working trot to, um, Hey, let's do something else. Like, and you can almost just change your state of mind. And if the horse is hooked on to you enough mentally and emotionally, they'll start to do something else. But what you do have to do, uh, is, is be aware of where the front of the rectangle is. Because that, in order for the hind legs to go more underneath, you can't be continually letting the front out. And
And the second part of that question or the answer would be, you know, you start to make the shapes work for you. And I've thought a lot about that this last week. You guys, I went through a few days where I was feeling super hoardy. So I'm glad I got that. Uh, came through the other side of that. Otherwise, I'd be like, Michael, what's on your mind? Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't ask that and push that today. Yeah. Oh, got really? Mine. I was going to text do? you beforehand. I was like, hope you got stuff to talk about because it's not that I don't. It's just my brain's so busy with other things. So, like, our conversation always triggers a bunch of stuff coming out, but I haven't. Uh, there's nothing like. Good because I have a thousand things to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's nothing bubbling up that I just have to tell you all about but yeah, let's see uh lisa's behind i'm watching the videos oh geez lynn the community and tone that you create in your challenge is completely unique and not stealable oh that's sweet lynn uh, what's unique about it that makes me mad too because i don't want other people to to be lynn seriously missing out <laughs> your comment lynn but don't okay let's okay. not go let's, back to that Listen, so in watching um, a lot of dressage videos these, this last week and educational, like I'm so blessed to have stumbled upon a, kind of a gold mine. Um, but, you know, one of the go-to exercises is shoulders in, right? And I would say part of the... Part of the mental um, exercise that I'm going through or the, the, I don't know what, I don't want to say problem or whatever, but what I'm trying to sort out right now is how to use the things that we know about separating the hindquarters and the forequarters and, and balancing the horse across the ground and getting them to be poofy into a float um and how then that fits into really creating some some super gymnastics you know and some movements that you honestly don't get if if you're most people aren't even after you're that imagining yeah that's what yeah, i was gonna but, say you're not after that, or if you're not, like you were saying, Noah's Arcs, which is your answer was still not entirely satisfactory, but we'll go back to that at some point. Um, if you're not kind of imagining it or thinking it, which A, you have to have an example of that. B, you have to want that. C, this is the problem with your answer earlier. You know, your mind is open, you're whatever, but you have to kind of be thinking that and wanting that okay but what is your body like what is not having felt that someone who's not ridden a horse that is more engaged and lofty yep right so that's where Nigel you're not knowing what you're feeling for i think val said it in a different words entirely but um you know she was referencing watching buck ride and it's just phenomenal but it doesn't I, 
I can't feel that. So how do I know what that feels like too when you just say kind of imagine that, feel that, elicit that from your horse without doing anything. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm feeling for, right? Mm-hmm. So I I get the frustration with, okay, I know there's something there, I feel it, but it's not. Are you taking your dog's collar off? Because that jingling was pretty intense. Um, <laughs> so I just, I can, but she, She's just learning the routine, so I just pulled her way down. Go ahead. No, that's all. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I, I don't know how much there's a fix for that outside of riding, you know, either imagining or riding. Or looking what study. Yeah. 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 But like I've said for years, studying but still being encouraged to without having education in that you know thinking back to your early dressage education with hans and um you know what you were encouraged to feel and to like you have some of that awareness of what to feel for and look for just as kind of background where someone told you, and this is, I think, you know, is accessible for people is, and where I think you have a lot to offer, feel for X, Y, or Z. It's going to feel like this in your body. Imagine this feeling, so on and so forth to where it's like watch, study, but this is what you're studying to see. This is what it might feel like as it's shaping up in your horse, which is a lot of, you know, that's a lot of what you're doing with the insider in your clinics is, is offering that. Um, I think it, it's hard to, you know, for, to want that and feel like it's not coming together as quickly as you might like or or to be dissatisfied with the explanation but you know hey guys know that the explanation is better than it ever ever was (laughs) and it will continue to get better yeah let me i mean i i promise you i am studying my ass off so it's impossible to not to not get better at it because yeah, I, I am putting a lot of effort into continuing to to grow and there's millions of things i can get better at so just hang with me yeah um, one of the uh, corey i wonder if she's still listening but um she said i think i mentioned this we were on a trail ride and i was like i wonder why more people don't look into the dressage world because there are a lot of extraordinary horsemen and women in that um, sport. I can understand partially why people don't do that. It's just, I know how there's gajillions compared to how small I think the pool of understanding is in other places. And she had a great 
simple. She didn't think about it. It was her immediate reaction. She goes, well, that's why, that's because dressage riders know it takes lots of years. They don't get on a horse and like, why can't I get my flying changes in two weeks or a month or something? It's like, because mm -hmm, it takes a year to build a flying change, <laughs> you know, or they're, they're planning on, on five to 10 years to develop a horse. She goes, that's just how they think of it. And I thought that that um, is, is uh, huge secret power. And the reason I mentioned that in regards to how frustrating it is when you're starting or, you know, maybe when you haven't made your first bridal horse yet or, or whatever, um, it is that feeling of I'm never going to get there or am I ever going to feel this, you know, and, and you certainly can go very sideways. This is the part I wish I could help people with is it's. If you don't watch correct movement, like if you are not studying correct movement, I don't know how you're going to do it. And as Americans, we really struggle because we don't have schoolmasters in 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 the in the um, volume, you know, in the amount as they do in other countries where you would be riding Grand Prix horses. It just is a matter of course. So you would be able to feel lots of things. Um, and, but, okay, so Corey's kind of to the point statement is they know that it takes time, but also in that world, it is broken down. Like I was just describing, yes, the benefit of riding the schoolmaster, but as right while riding the schoolmaster or while trying to develop a horse toward the schoolmaster, it's thin sliced this is what you're after today and you know I mean, part of the other thing is it's coached every moment along the way right yeah. that's kind of that culture too so you're everything i was just saying you're described what to do in your body how to feel for it what's what the feeling will be hey now get on this you know schoolmaster and here we go you'll feel this you'll feel that so i mean there's a, just a lot more direct input over those years that even for an amateur it guides them or certainly for an amateur guides them through the process where it's very systematic and each piece is iron you know is laid out yeah and that's i do have a bit of a advantage just in the sense that i did grow up in dressage clinics so mm -hmm. that is in me <laughs> in a way and i can do that for you guys but but the thing is that being able to say okay here's what's happening here's what we want to happen and here's what it's gonna feel like along the way now listen to me and i will help you to feel it mm -hmm. right and then you know the other thing that i might do that i used to have to do a lot more than i do now is get on the horse maybe and be like okay let me just put this in here real quick so you can feel it mm -hmm. or when i'm at the home clinics you guys know you know a lot of times i'll share my horse with somebody a lot i mean i will just just sit on my horse for a second or 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 you know here let me manufacture this on your horse from the ground or whatever just so that you can get a feeling 
for something so that you can sit up there and just be like, what about this horse? Mm -hmm. I think the other component is believing that even the green horse, even the horse that's not completely mentally, emotionally tuned into you, probably the most profound way to influence them or the most effective and meaningful way of influencing them is through intention. You know, like it just doesn't take that much physically. So kind of accepting that and believing in that alone um, yeah it's yeah. a good that's a great right. it, I mean, it can yeah it, you can so easily feel like you have to do more like you do have to do something you have to be thinking something you have to be feeling for something you have to have a relatively strong intention but that doesn't mean that much strong in terms of physicality but there is there is intention in muscles in the way you're holding a rein in the way you're sitting in the the openness you feel in some you know on the outside of the arc or you know how much openness you feel out in front, even though you're defining the front of the I mean, all of that, but so much of it is just this. I've used the example before of the mime inside the box and you can really feel the box as you're watching a good mime. And that's, that's like intention and energy there where it's believable that they're in a box because they're, yeah, everything in them is, looks like it's confined as it pushes on the box but if they actually pushed hard their arms would be extended and there'd be no more box and so that's like i'm confined in this space here we're we're defining the box from the outside the rectangle and the horse is feeling those very real boundaries mostly because there's intention but not because we're trying to physically hold the sides of the horse confined and you know it's I don't know so it's a call for feeling for the intentionality as much as anything but even within the intentionality you have to like the mime has to know where the box is right and you know the mime isn't trying to move the box it's trying to like find the box in a static spot right because that would make that's what makes it believable um but as you're moving a horse across the ground and they're inside the rectangle and then you have sail straight you have poofiness you have elevation you know i mean all of these elements to where <clears throat> i don't know, this idea just came to me um like some mechanical plate um, that just has all these adjustments where it can kind of create this kind of tilt and whatever. And you can through, you know, um, joysticks or whatever, 
you know, adjust that. So you have that on a strictly mechanical level. I push this lever, it tilts left, and now I can tilt left and, you know, all of this. You don't have the poofiness expansion element, but you have all of that on a, there, a lever, do this, do that, and it happens, but now you're operating on all of that just through intentionality and it, <clears throat> you know, what's, what's firing in you through your intention to get that to happen. I mean, I don't know, <clears throat> lately I've shown people more like just hold this rope and now my hand's not going to move from this spot. Right? Your hand's there, my hand's here. Feel if you can feel what direction I'm directing your hand, even though my hand has not moved in space. In a way that I can see. Yeah, exactly. Or if it has, it's like that big. And it's not open way up. <clears throat> How many times oh. do I tell you guys, don't ride your horse like a colt right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> I, love... I guess that's, that's, I think what <clears throat> people are kind of looking for is not, and part, partly what needs to be emphasized is this really is just a, not a big physical feel, <clears throat> have the idea of opening here or. <clears throat> He's frozen. You're frozen. Okay. Don't. Have the idea of opening. <clears throat> have the idea of opening or have the idea of um, lifting, have the whatever, sitting, you know, imagining that, that tilting, that mechanical plate, right? Of course, so it's not a lever that you pull in that, but here's where you imagine that plate lifting and what you'd maybe feel in your body let's talk about that you know whatever but not drive forward with your seat or really tighten your abs and now it all gets real strained you know get what i'm saying 100 percent. i love the mime yeah that's a great great idea and yeah i love that one because that's the difference between your warm-up and the poofy poofiness is there well, is there is changes in the way you are carrying yourself on the horse mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that yeah that are that are real and that are communicative without forcing something and even if the horse isn't like like i said even if the horse isn't zeroed in on you even the horse isn't feeling of you completely you know, a horse that <clears throat> is pretty green, you can put a leg yieldy feel in there to try to stand them up without very much physical. I mean, it doesn't have to be this real exaggerated thing. In fact, sometimes that's way too much and it's just getting all discombobulated. So ideally, they're like super into you, super feeling of you. They're just right there searching around. But I guess... Um, the reason I say that is even if your horse doesn't feel like that right there, 
if you have some intentionality and it's more a feeling, a, you know, whatever, it's, it's not so physical, but you are feeling for something, you have that intention in your body, you're thinking a little bit of this leg, a little bit of that leg, this one's open, but it's, it's the mime in the box, it's not. Definitely not, and I would say that's, that is what, a huge difference between the warm-up and the um, working section. But I would, I would say in the warm-up, that is what I'm doing is making sure that my horse can feel the edges of the rectangle. And you can see clearly in that video that she is, except for, you know, sometimes she pushes on the left, the left side of the rectangle a good amount. <laughs> you know, and that's the part where leg yielding left to right and, uh, you know, a lot, that is kind of the biggest fix. And then sometimes a right-handed circle can help as, as well, just because it stretches the, in, the, the left side of the, the horse. But um, you can see clearly, and what, now that I think about it, what I definitely do before I move on to the working section is make sure the horse is in the rectangle and can feel the edges as clearly as the mime in the box. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in that warm up, like, and she's sloshing around in the rectangle, but you don't want to make it too small because, you know, that's, then that would be not allowing her to move in her natural balance. One thing I've been thinking a lot about is, is these dressage riders that are very skilled um definitely want they don't want any um bumping against the edges of the rectangle like they want it snug to the front and the back and the sides like they want it very very snug and of course that that and not too snug when we could all choose like you know like okay we're this is we're snug and and some people it's going to feel tighter and other people it's going to feel you know, looser. But regardless, you know, in the end, if we're really going to do any movements that require very timely, uh, very timely. And micro changes. Yeah, or even just what we're talking about, that a horse can feel you mentally and emotionally change. You know, the more accurately you can be connected the the better off you are now the question is which way do you come around to that and which side is your is your bent just a, a bit but but not any, the horse but what is your tendency what is your preference too yeah. right like yeah. and and i have to say perhaps also some maybe not from a dressage rider, let's just say, maybe not ever feeling what it feels like to have a horse in the rectangle balanced on all four feet without help, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point, we do have to get snug to the edges of the rectangle so that we're not late. And mm -hmm. it's not a it's not an inconsistent thing because that's noisy, it's late, um, it just, it isn't a favor at all. But mm. how you get to that 
can, you can come at it so many different ways. Do you poof the horse out in the rectangle so that it touches the edge of, of the rectangle? Or do you tighten everything up so you touch it? And then as it stretches out, you know, you push the slack. You guys are going to hear me say that a lot in February. And, and anybody who rides with me this year, because I, I would like to get across to you the ability to, which I do this, and you've all seen me do this, when, when I do get snugger to the front of the rectangle with the reins in Noah's arcs, let's just say, when, when there's a big change, I do my best to follow it you know, as it maybe contracts too much and then follow it as it lengthens to the place where we want it to be. But that's a feeling for sure. And I think the best dressage riders are very, very close to, to just connecting. Um, and like I said, I think some people go one way and some people go the other way and duh, it's never going to be perfect. You do your best. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking, this week a bit about where you, you said you know in that world there's a little bit more kind of I'm there's not as much wiggle room for the horse to search around they don't let them go wildly off course and and so you know even there what's your preference or how are you developing this are you drawing the rectangle in tight and letting them kind of bump around in a small area hopefully still giving space releasing when they do get accurate maybe not depending on what your feel is how, how you're offering it to the horse what your goal is for you know how it should feel um yeah so or just thinking like about that and going okay how can i help this horse be more accurate without holding and not allowing as much sloshing around earlier and, in the game. And, uh. and I think tension in the lower back or that hollow in the lower back stresses horses out. I really do. I think it prevents horses from truly uh, relaxing. And it leaves, it leaves a spookiness in, in a certain type of horse and it, leaves a uh discomfort a sourness and a lack of life in, in another type where you kind of end up in that thing where i feel like i'm fighting my horse all the time that that tension in the lower back so you think of a good dressage riders at the end of their ride they can push the slack they can put their horse on a loose rein and that horse is even across the ground long, beautiful neck, and they're chill. They're not going to melt down, even in front of, you know, 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. And the lights and the music and like, you know, it's pretty hardcore at, at the highest levels, right? Yeah. So back to trying to feel it. And Michael, it's really interesting hearing some of these Q and A sessions with this guy, because nine out of 10 questions are cold starting questions, like snaffle bit questions, hundred percent. You know, my horse is melting down. My horse is too spooky. My horse doesn't have enough life. My horse, I mean, 
seriously, nine out of ten. And so, just generalizing, what's the answer? All the all the things that we would say too, but it's it's kind of funny. And 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 the answer, like, your horse needs to be able to go on a loose rein and feel confident. <laughs> your horse needs to. Is there an explanation as to how? Yeah, there. It's not very deep that I've heard, but a little bit like you need to go handle that first, which is true. Like, we're not going to be talking about engagement of the hind leg and how perfect your your uh, pirouette is if your horse is not even yes because looseness, forwardness, and connection. That's is impossible. So that's where I'm saying it's kind of interesting to to think of of like what we come to the table with it's pretty cool that I have a bunch of horses right now that are several horses right now that are definitely solid in in all of those things and my challenge is to weed my way through <laughs> the process by which I am going to get snug to the edges of the rectangle. Additionally, back to the shoulders in idea, because I would suspect everyone in dressage line generally would say that shoulders in, even if you say four tracks or three tracks or shoulder four, whatever, however you want to say it, like that is for sure one of you have like three bridges from the very beginning training level to essentially starting to, to make some fancier shapes and to develop more collection, right? In other words, hind leg more forward into the rectangle. And so, so wait, what's the other two? Hmm? What are the other two? Circles and leg yield, which is also shoulder in, in my opinion. Yeah. And the so, other thing. Okay, that was a, that was a question of mine. How do they differentiate? Because Buck does not. He said, you know, basically he does not use the shoulders in, even though your contention is he does. What is the definition defining the two and why? Yeah. First of all, you definitely do. Yeah, I know. Well, what whatever. It's his, it's, his, it's his prerogative to define it however he wants to define it. You know, so what is your question? How do they differentiate or how do they define it or? Um, yeah, differentiate, define, and how are they separately useful? Which, sorry, separate from all three things one, you mean? One another, the leg, the leg yield and the shoulders in. I mean, do you think, do you have details on how you use them or let's just say how you define them one from the other and then how you use one versus the other why are you know it's a great is a great question and i first of all i want to preface it by saying remember a dressage rider a lot of times or they will train in in a uh, rectangular space that is defined. Now, the best ones want to get off the wall, but they will use the wall to the same degree that we use a round pin. 
it is a fence that we use for specific things. And then, of course, we go out of the round pen. So a dressage rider is going to use the sides, the long side or the short side, or combinations thereof, of course. They're going to use the fences to start or to help at times. And then they want to get off the fences so that, you know, it, it is truly balanced and not leaning on the, it's the same as a round not rely, Not relying on the fence as part okay. of the guiding factor. But they do use right. it to teach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So a leg yield Cool is, parallel. Yeah. And I was just thinking about the other day, just because I've thought a lot about in the last six months, certainly throughout summer as i've had you know feather and uh some of these other horses that you really should have a few tools if you're gonna totally do colt starting and do restarting and all that to to the best highest and best you should have a round pin you should have a high line to the same degree and you can get it done without but really those are pretty handy tools right so uh, we know what an arc is. I would say that we talk about a united arc from the beginning in a way that is exactly the same as what people are talking about in dressage land, as far as I can tell. That's the way I was taught, a united arc. But we, we focus on it so much. And hindquarters, forequarters or hindquarters forward and around, which is the first thing that Buck does after, you know, the flag, or with a colt that can't even stand still with a flag, hindquarters forward and around. <laughs> Guess what that is? The first step of shoulders in to forward and around united. You guys, that's what it is, period. So out of his shoulders in, generally his shoulders in, yeah, using wall as reference, eventually taking it off the wall. Shoulders in and then follow that arc forward. And around. Yes. Yeah. Without and coming in, without that's right. coming in on that arc. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's where on Noah's arcs, that's that's the whole point, right? Is is that now it's not shoulders out or, or shoulders in haunches out you could you could say but there's lots of different language so for instance haunches out has to do with is still into the bend so leg yield shoulders and reverse shoulders in are all sideways away from the bend but the thing is on the long side you can really keep the horse quite straight in his body You still have issues with the outside shoulder, which is why they do it shoulder four at the beginning, because it because you can kind of capture the outside shoulder a bit better, keep the horse very lined up, right? And you just want some crossing of the of the hind leg in the back. Guess why? Because it low, you know, it unlocks the lower back, and then you better not be blocking in the front. You better push the slack a bit. They wouldn't say it that way, but that's how you know soften. Is, is how they would say it, so that you're not restricting the exact thing that you want. So this way, shoulder four along the rail, keeping the horse much more straight, not losing the outside shoulder. In other words, disuniting the arc 
Nobody wants to disunite the arc laterally or longitudinally. We want the horse connected laterally and longitudinally. So then when you start to have that a bit successful, now, and, and so let's say you do a little bit shoulder four, a lot of times a person uh, would ride forward and around out of that, which I, I quite like better. Although going straight back to the rail, you can use your outside rein just a little bit to, to guide, you know, if your horse is following a rein, then you could just simply put the outside shoulder or the outside foot <laughs> back to the rail and ride off straight. But you could also, stay united and go at whatever angle that is. And so shoulder four is just much, much, um, well, so you have a steeper angle and you have a shallow, super shallow angle. And then shoulders in is just sideways away from the bend along the rail. There's a couple things that are valuable about that. First of all, you know where you are which is handy for the rider, right? It requires more connection, more understanding about the outside of the rectangle. And then leg yield can just typically, if we say leg yields, and we're going parallel to something generally, but you could also say leg yield on the, on the circle, which would be shoulders in on the circle. But but the second part of why that's valuable, I think, is is worth emphasizing. It's the forward and around. So again, <clears throat> I mean, I get the I get the difference. I mean, I, even if you come off the rail, I can see the difference. What is the distinction in how they are useful? Because you just emphasized on both. Turning loose the lower back putting the arc in there, and then forward and around out of it. They're not different, usefully. Okay. Then they must be in the training system of, they must have some reason to distinguish, unless you're just making that list on your own. If this is the list they have, shoulders okay. in, leg yield, and circles or arcs. If those are two points, they must be, in their mind, achieving different things or useful in different ways. I'd be interested for you to. Yeah, but every horse is different. So, so it's not really more as mechanical as what you're saying. You know, we want a horse that's loose and forward and in dressage land, snug to the edges of the rectangle. And so you're just using those movements. See, this is why they have it in levels because they're really talking about what the horse can achieve. And to Corey's point, you know, they're not expecting the horse to be like an Olympic level gymnast when they're just, you know, learning to stretch. Yeah, exactly. So, so that would be, you know, why you have levels, but you're going to use all of those things for towards the same effect mm. and they are all geographical the difference between all of those is geographical except when you say the difference between shoulder four and shoulders in and then even shoulder even four still, just being a micro version mm -hmm. yeah. so that you don't end up with the shoulder like you know because then you're disconnecting the whole arc 
the lateral arc. You don't want that. You want the lateral arc to be united. Yeah. If you have a shoulder poking out of the rectangle, the well, arc. Not, then that's not really shoulders in either. Right. But, but a person could say, well, I'm going down the wall sideways away from the bend um, on three tracks or four tracks, depending on how you define it, because people define it in different ways. Uh, you could. <laughs> if it's beneficial or not, depends on whether the horse is united or not. And that's, once again, that black horse that I just posted, what he looks very, very united from the tail to his ears in those steps mm -hmm. maybe if we watch the whole test we'd be like Bleh. i don't know because i didn't watch the test mm -hmm. <laughs> right come marching out of there into an arena full of people <laughs> you know it, it just it, it looks like a war horse it looks like a confident athletic strong flowy horse which is the dream so does that answer your question about those three things a lot of it Remember, in dressage land, a lot of it has to do with geography in the pen mm -hmm. so that we can talk to each other, right? Yeah. It's just funny to take the we word call pen. It the fancy pen. Huh? The fancy pen? <laughs> That's really good. In the fancy pen. <laughs> right? Put your fancy but, pants on and ride around in the fancy pen. Yeah, because you could have leg yield uh, down a diagonal, which has which speaks to like if I say to you, Michael, okay, ride M to K. Well, I would never ask you to do all of that, but let's just say ride the quarter line to B at leg yield. Then, then you know that it's sideways away from the bend. You know that it has a specific angle, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you say, if I say, do a baby leg yield A to K, then you know, okay, that's a, that's a different angle. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, that is, as far as I can tell, yes, it's about accuracy, but to me, it's probably a huge amount about how I can talk to you about what you're doing, or you can talk to me about what I'm doing and, uh, and the geography and the uh, geometry all matters. And that's part of why the, the, where the rectangle is in space made so much sense to me right away. Because I do come from that land where circles and straight lines are defined in space. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're supposed to be riding a 20 meter circle in the center of the arena, <laughs> and somehow you're down at A in the middle of it, you're like, that's not really united actually mm -hmm. <laughs> but what that doesn't allow for in in the in maybe the most rigid circumstances is waiting for it to come to the horse's mind or setting it up and letting the horse find it sometimes because you're trying to do it in such a finite way you could end up trying to force it because because sometimes it doesn't it doesn't show up in a finite space as they're learning. So if I were to say leg yield, you know, from the quarter line to B, then then if it doesn't work out, I'd be like, okay, no problem. Just do it from C to or, yeah, from from C to E. Try it again. 
right? Yeah. So, and that's the other thing that you've seen me use shoulder in a lot at clinics because you don't have the ability to just randomly go down the long side. You have to take it off the rail and into an arc and then do it along the arc. You have to because there's people everywhere. Yeah. And the arena is only so big. And it's not a fancy pin. Generally. So. Generally, not a fancy pen in, in terms of uh, dimension, not dimension, yeah, dimensions or fancy pen in terms of letters and marks. Dimensions. Yeah, because well, the marks. Because a person can memorize the marks. I mean, you don't, you don't need, you shouldn't need to look at the letters to know where they are. Mm -hmm. That's for losers. FYI. <laughs> That's, it's just more pro when you know where they are. Yeah. More pro. Um, you still have to decide where A is, though. Let's call this A. Ta-da. Okay, you have a whole dressage court in front of you. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, never mind. So, and yeah. just so you guys know, the the one that um the one that I memorized, and this this is not the most pro in terms of there's letters in between these. But let's just say a kip Emma horse came marching by fast. Soccer bro, so. Yeah. So pro, so translatable, really relatable to everybody else. Don't forget you have S and B, et cetera, et cetera, but don't worry about that right now. Those are steeper angles and those are, that's much more collection. So does that answer your question about the side, the sideways away from the bend? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just, Why define them as two different things if they're the same? Because you're talking about where they occur in the arena. Okay. And if you're doing it along the wall, you're using the wall to help you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's just geography. That's it. Yeah. The other, well, unless you're going to define shoulders in as on three tracks, which some people do. Then it's not yeah. the same as a leg yield because leg yields on four tracks. But you gotta you gotta decide who's saying what. Yeah. So someone had a comment. Let's find out what it is. Delightful conversation. After this comment, I should probably get going. It is a beautiful day out, so I have a lot of stuff to. Oh, okay, good. I, I um, did not I did not uh, text you in advance to let you know that, but I don't know where we are in the show, but. Time to go. That's that's Time fine. To go. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so, uh, Val says, say again. I just said, what was the comment? Val says what? Val says tension in the lower back of the human, the horse, or both. Well, certainly both, in the sense that one is the chicken or the egg, a bit. I would say the human can compensate for us for a stiff lower back kind of better, but yeah, it's it's definitely rough deal that is chicken or the egg <laughs> and they go together <laughs> joanne says are you going to put letters in your arena no you guys shouldn't need them 
Suzanne says, all King Edward's horses can manage big fences. This true, Susan, um, not sure how that relates exactly. Well, it's her way of remembering it. Oh, 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 oh. Since her name's yeah. not Emma and she's not married to Kip. <laughs> All King Edward's horses can manage big fences. You've not heard that one? That's the one I've heard. Nope. That's interesting. Nobody ever told me that. That's a good one. Any, it doesn't matter. Anything that, that you should be able to, then it'll just be burned in your brain. What is it called? Mnemonic device? I don't know, Harvard. What is it called? Good one. <laughs> the, the whom and who one is so annoying to me because there are times when it should be whom and it just sounds like crap and I hate it. I'll just sometimes... Uh, colloquial English versus formal correct. You just go with colloquial. There's all kinds of things we say that are colloquial that would not be, it would not hold up in an academic paper or some. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, once again, it's like the geography, I think it matters. And then other times it's like, try to hear what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so are you bored? I'm sorry about all the dressage talk. Am I bored? No, it's fascinating. I'm not bored. That's not why I have to go. I have to go because I have more to do than time to do today, especially given as nice as it is. I know it's nice here too. How nice is it there? 46, which is yeah. unheard of in December. Yeah, and look what happened again. And minimal snow. Whatever. I don't know. Okay, you guys, so we'll go now. Thank you all for joining us this week on the Horsemanship Remark Show. We will That's be back. 30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> Never mind. Thank you for joining us at this time. See you next week. See you next week, which is the week before Christmas, right? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so we'll see you on the Christmas Eve-ish show. We need our Santa hats. You guys that live there, Julie O'Connor, make sure that Michael has his Santa hat for next week. Julie will not be here between now and next week. You guys I was at fleet farm which um that's i think more regional i don't know we don't have it. It. yeah you don't have fleet farm but fleet farms like your big box farm store hard hardware farm yeah got everything now anyway i was there and i saw some pretty wild santa hats with elf ears so elf hats i guess and i was like emma's gonna want a dang santa hat so i didn't get one but i think i might revolt this year no, because you did last year. I revolted last year? Uh -huh. I cooperated last year. No, dude, no. I probably just forgot. What I feel I feel more revolt, like wanting to revolt this year. I don't know why. It's just I have a poor attitude this year or something. I'm, I don't like holidays. I don't like making a big deal out of one day versus other days. I have, no, I have no nothing to say to that. I really don't. I have nothing to say to that. Otherwise, I just have to say, wear your motherfucking Santa hat because it is gonna. We are gonna be. I don't see. Part of it is I don't have one, and I don't want to waste my time and money going to get one. I well, have. One. 
Girls, can someone bring Michael a Santa hat? They won't be here between now and then. And I don't think it's important that they you send me one. If you want someone to provide a Santa hat for me, you can send me one. Make sure it doesn't have unicorn horn coming out of it. That was the one. Lisa's asking for a regular Santa hat. I know. Jeez. Yeah, Lisa says wear the dang hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll get you a hat one way or the other. Otherwise, you can just put a, um, you know, bow on your baseball cap. Yeah. Which won't look better. <laughs> it will not. <laughs> anyway, okay, you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. Bye, everybody. Bye.